The Torah content from now through Pesach has been sponsored by the Kofsky family in loving memory of Adira, who loved big ideas and asking big questions. This is Marcus Aurelius Meditations, book three. Um, I would call it paragraph four, but it's actually four paragraphs, which is longer than usual. Do not waste the balance of life left to you in thoughts about other persons when you are not referring to some advantage of your fellows. For why do you rob yourself of something else which you might do? I mean, if you imagine yourself to yourself what so-and-so is doing and why, what he is saying or thinking or planning, and every thought of the kind which leads you astray from close watch over your governing self, rather you must, in the train of your thoughts, avoid what is merely casual and without purpose, and above all, curiosity and malice. You must habituate yourself only to thoughts about which, if someone were suddenly to ask, what is in your mind now, you would at once reply, quite frankly, this or that. And so from the answer, it would immediately be plain that all was simplicity and kindness, the thoughts of a social being who disregards pleasurable, or to, to speak more generally, luxurious imaginings or rivalry of any kind, or envy and suspicion, or anything else about which you would blush to put into words what you had in your head. A man so minded, putting off no longer to be one of the elect, is surely a priest and minister of God, employing aright what it, that which is seated within him, which makes the mere mortal to be unstained by pleasures, unscathed by any pain, untouched by any wrong, unconscious of any wickedness, a wrestler in the greatest contest of all, not to be overthrown by any passion, died with justice to the core, welcoming with his whole heart all that comes to pass and is assigned to him, seldom and only under some great necessity and for the common good, imagining what another person is saying or doing or thinking. For he has only his own work to realize, and he keeps in mind continually what is assigned to him from the whole. His work he makes perfect, his lot he is convinced is good, for the birth spirit assigned to every man goes with him and carries him along with it. Moreover, he remembers that all reasonable beings are akin to himself, and that although to care for all men is in accord with man's nature, he is to cling not to the opinion of all men, but only of men who live in accord with nature. Indeed, he remembers continually what those who do not live so are like, in their homes and abroad, by night and by day, what manner of men they are, and those with whom they defile themselves. Therefore, he takes no account even of the praise of such men, men who are not even acceptable to themselves. So here we're seeing a lot of uh, ideas repeated from uh, earlier uh, parts of the book. Um, and uh, I think, to me, the the new thing here is, you know, he's talked before about letting yourself be distracted by your books. Um, and here he's really saying that if you're distracted by, he's correlating being distracted by what other people think of you um, from allowing that to distract you from from actually thinking about your own business and yourself and um and also where did he say uh it's so long i lost my place here um oh yeah and he's correlating that with with the contents of your thought and it's interesting because he kind of implies that if you are so in other words if you're following his advice and minding your own business, so then your thoughts will be the thoughts of a social being who disregards the pleasurable or luxurious imaginings or rivalry, envy and suspicion, or anything else that you would blush to put into words uh, what you had in your head. But um, if you, if uh, so in other words, if you are preoccupied with what other people think, so then the opposite of all those contents will be in your head, um, if that makes any sense. Uh, so I find that an interesting observation. Uh, another thing that I want to call attention to is at the very end when he says what you should, um, you know, that you should only, you shouldn't care about what other people think. You should only care um, about, how did he say it again? Just one second. You should only care about 
he is not to cling to the opinions of all men, but only of men who live uh, in accord with nature. So that reminds me of the um, one of my favorite statements from uh, Socrates, um, which is in uh, the Crito, uh, when um, he's when I think Crito makes the argument to him about how you know what will people think if you are if Socrates if you allow yourself to be um, you know to be put to death here and you don't let us break you out. So let me just find it here. Hold on, I should have opened this ahead of time. So Crito, oh yeah, so Socrates says, but why, my dear Crito, should we care about the opinion of the many? We must not regard what the many say of us, uh, but what he, the one man who has understanding of, of just and unjust, will say, and what the truth will say. And therefore you begin in error when you advise that we should regard the opinion of the many about just and unjust, good and evil, honorable and dishonorable. Um, so similar sentiment there. Uh, and it's actually funny because the Stoics look at Socrates as such a role model that when Socrates was talking to Crito, Crito he says, um, you shouldn't care what the many say, but you, you should care about what the one man who has understanding of the just and unjust will say and what the truth will say. And then the Stoics say you should you should care about what Socrates will say. Like they they, they take him as the very role model of the thing that Socrates was saying, uh, which is probably a good move on their part.